All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back. Thursday edition of the Gregor Show on Sports 1440, Orders Nation YouTube and Facebook. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. It's presented by PlayAlberta.ca, where uh, if you haven't got in the game, uh, get in now. Get in uh, all the excitement, odds boosts, same game parlays, player prop bets. They have it all. Uh, use the promo code SPORTS50. You get a free $50 wager if you've uh, yet to sign up. So you can check it out at PlayAlberta.ca. We'll always take your text. A lot of them coming in, 833-401-1440. 833-401-1440 in our inbox. As uh, we welcome to the program, two-time author. It was a first-round selection in the NHL entry draft in uh, 1995. Right here in Edmonton, in fact. Eighth overall. Um, after a 21-year hiatus, came out of retirement for a game uh, earlier this year in the ECHL. Uh, last week was announced he's going into the uh, Newfoundland and Labrador Hall of Fame. Not bad stretch for uh, Terry Ryan, who joins us now. TR, how you doing? Not bad. I'm enjoying uh, just getting over a little bit of, I won't say the flu, but cold i think it was more from being outside in fort st john for three days sweating and then <laughs> staying out there and refing and having fun and meeting everybody and boy a lot it took me 25 hours to get home it could be something on the plane too but the last three days i have been a mess i'm just coming around all right 25 hours Whew, that is yeah. uh that's not ideal buddy that is uh that is not oh, ideal. That, that wasn't that's not there was no delays that's yeah. what was booked for me oh really? st john on the way out, I went to Calgary. Calgary, St. John's to Calgary, six and a half. Yeah. I got into the airport. I had a connection right away to Fort St. John. Boom. Boom. It's long, but, you know, I watched a couple movies. I did some research for my guests. It, it was easily, you know, it's a work day. Yeah. 
But on the way back, I went backwards to Vancouver. Oh. For eight hour layover. Then <laughs> to Toronto. Uh, right? Another six and a half hour layover, then Halifax, then here. Holy God, who's booking your flight? Oh. Are you booking your own flights? I'm gonna have to get you but a not, you're have now to get- I will no, now now I know when when people always ask when I go to these events, the next one being in Calgary, March sixth, I just go, look, I I'm easy. You know, you know, because I know that sometimes the difference between like two hours will cost like eight hundred dollars and I'm yeah. just like, you don't, don't have to worry about me that way. No. I never ask for first class. It's all good. But I always assume that you're going to get me something, you know, <laughs> not just, the milk run. Yeah. Like even a but from Fort St. John to go the other way first. Oh boy. You're already really North and you're already really West. Yeah. That's so a- it was uh, a lot to take on. And then it was, uh, it was overnight as well. So it was very, and I don't like heights. So the, I, I didn't sleep much. You know, I can travel during the day. I'll get through it. And you know how I get through it? I just go, what are the statistics? Same Exact same mindset goes into the West Edmonton roller coaster. I hate it. But for some reason, I do it. I don't know if it's like hockey. If I, People ask me, why did I fight all the tough guys? I really don't know. Why do I walk by alone and do the West Edmonton? I'm in the West Edmonton Mall all the time, as you know. I go there, and I go on it on my own. It's almost like, and I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I, You know, I don't know. Same uh, thing, I guess. I guess what, buddy? Bad news. It shut down. What? Why? They uh, got too old. So safety. Uh, they are going to get a new one, though, I hear. But, yeah, they're taking it down. So uh, no more roller coaster oh, for a boy. while. Now, have you been to the water park at West Ed? Have you gone on all the slides? Are you serious? Come on. I spent full days. I love West Ed. I go there. If I'm going to Edmonton, I need a full day. Yeah. I need a full day. Just as in last trip, okay. I went there. Water park I've spent the most time at, for sure. Uh. I can go to that. And sit on the beach, and I can totally tune out. I'm in Hawaii, it, right? And you can yeah. go on the odd slide, of course. But I just like hanging at the beach, going over to the tiki bar, whatever it is. You know, I I enjoy a good afternoon at West End. All right. Now I do want to ask you, being a guy from St. John, Tr. Uh, the Johns. Uh, uh, yeah, but uh, now you're from St. John's. But did you ever go to a game for the St. John Flames? Yeah, we that were our arch rival in Fredericton. Okay. We had, we had St. John Flames and the St. John's Maple Leafs in the one division, and and both were tough as were we. It was an old school division. I yeah. Tell you that. So an old school time. And the reason I ask is because yesterday we had a gentleman in studio who had four hundred and ninety pims playing for St. John Flames uh, the same year you were drafted in 1994, 1995, Right. Um, Barry Nykar was his name. Yeah. And uh, he was telling us some great stories. He had uh, quite the career. How about this? for? Because uh, you're a guy I think you could respect this. So he finished playing junior A hockey, right? Uh, he actually had some NCAA scholarships. And now you got to remember, this is like, you know, late 80s. Didn't really understand the whole process. So he turned him down. Didn't go. He ended up uh, playing four games for uh, University of Virginia and CIAU. It wasn't for him. So he played over a span of 89, 90, and 91. He played a grand total of nine hockey games. He was playing kind of like men's league a little bit in in his hometown in Saskatchewan. Then came to uh, Edmonton. Uh, Back in the early 90s, he used to have like Kevin Prendergast would put these skates on. And so he just went into skate and he earned himself a tryout. And then the next year he was playing for the Hartford Whalers. On. That's unbelievable, and I remember that guy. Look, you can't play in the minors or the NHL at the time, even junior, without, you know, before the Internet, stories went around, I don't want to say fat, but humanly 
dialogues, th- those, those stories, yes. those, the, you know, pr- anecdotes, they would travel real, real fast. Now, I guess, couldn't be faster because you get social media, but <laughs> the, the, uh, the, you would hear about legends, you know, the Davy Crockett's or Paul Bunyan's of each league, or you would hear about them. So I, I've heard a thousand Barry Nykar stories. I didn't realize, and that could be the best. And I had no idea. Yeah, me neither. Like I've known Barry for a long time. He actually uh, married a girl from Beaumont who went to who went to grew up and went to junior high in Canada with me. So it was it was amazing what I met. But I didn't know that about him. We told that story yesterday. So it was it was fantastic. Um, here we are. We're eight days away from the NHL trade deadline. Terry, uh, the orders have uh, have rebounded. They they got a little bit of a funk for seven games. They couldn't kill a penalty to save their life. Uh, they allowed eleven penalty uh, eleven power play goals and on twenty two kills. But uh, they've rebounded. Um, last night, obviously not a great first five minutes, but after that, uh, it was good. Uh, you know, Connor McDavid is, is Connor McDavid. We shouldn't be surprised, but he's, you know, he's on another planet. I know he hasn't, he's only scored one goal in his last 10 games, but he just happens to have 25 assists, uh, for yeah. goodness sakes. Um, you look at the orders TR today. And so I'm going to ask you, we're going to pretend that Terry Ryan is the general manager eight days away from the trade deadline and you get one position that you want to upgrade on the Edmonton orders. What is your number one most important position you think the orders need to upgrade between now and Friday? Oh goodness. Um, I think I'm going to say depth D. I, I hate, yeah, I, 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 it's, it's tough. I do have confidence in, in Skinner though. Um, as far as goaltending, it was that for a long time. But uh, I, I don't know. Every goalie has spurts. I think because we're dissecting it real closely, because we're, we analyze the game so much, I think the same sort of thing happens in other markets. But really, all in all, I think over the course of this year, Stuart Skinner has been great. And, and when when his back was to the wall, he's had a lot of pressure on him. And So I'm, I'm not going to say I'm perfectly fine there, but you asked me one of the positions. And I think forward, of course, I'd love them to add one or two depth pieces, but I, I, you're asking me about what I think they need the most. And like most teams, like most teams, I just think, I, I, I think defense because I think the NHL has the biggest difference, the biggest metamorphosis between the regular season and the playoffs in all the major sports. Yeah. And of those, of those positions, I think the, the the defense and the and the tough D and the stay at home D, I think they really come out to shine in the playoffs more so. I think in the regular season you have more of an idea about everything you're looking at yeah. than the guy who step it up in that position. They, just like you know, why was Tanev so sought after? I mean, the guy what, what he's got 14 points. If you were to just look at stats, you would say, okay, he's all right, he's a veteran, but he blocks a lot of shots. And oh, when yeah. playoffs come, he's there, and you know, it's just there's a lot of that. So. I think it's close, and but I'm going with a depth D. Yeah, Tana, how about this? Dallas is 20th in the NHL in block shots as a team. Chris Tanev is second amongst players in block shots. Uh, he fills of and, and uh, like block shots suck to do. Don't get me wrong, and but suck. yeah, yeah, like they sucked. I don't. There's no players like oh, this is fun because you know what? For everyone that hits you in the shin pad that doesn't hurt, there's like five who get you on the top of the laces or the side of the skate or you know sometimes you 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 overcommit and now you're you turned a little bit and you're taking one in the back of the leg like it's brutal, right? Like yeah, um, especially true. when guys like in the playoffs, buddy. There's no one. Oh, is this guy in front of me? Some guys like you know what? He's in front of me. I might t- I might waste one on his ankles yeah <laughs> you know for sure so yeah it's a it's a skill set for sure that's important especially come playoffs can you know what one or two block shots you don't know because if you block it 
and it goes in the corner. You don't know what the chaos would have occurred if it gets on net and now there's a rebound. Uh, you never know because most of the goals obviously come from around there. Uh, speaking of those type of defensemen, uh, I see your, uh, your Montreal Canadiens jersey in the background. So you are the GM of the Habs and, uh, your team is, is improving. You've got a guy, David Sarr, who makes 3.5 mil, not a huge ticket at all. And you look at the value of what he brings your team when you have a lot of defensemen who don't know how to defend. Do you think it's more, I think it's more valuable for them to main, to keep him, have him play. Now, and you know what? If next year you're not in the run, then you can trade him as a pending UFA. Maybe you don't get as much, but his value is to try to help your other guys learn how to play. Cause a coach can talk all he wants. Other veterans can show you and actually talk to you in the game. Where do you come out on the David Savard? Cause obviously a lot of people are asking like, Hey, what about David Savard? So it's this year and he's under contract next? Yes. Okay, I, I, I like what you said. From the point of view is there's no – because the Canadians, they're one of those teams that aren't looking to win next year. I mean, they want to get better. I think they, they'll have to turn the turn the page to some point. But I think next year's maybe the time to do it for that reason because of the contract. They don't need anything like, – Right now, there's nothing that they're going to trade for that's going to take them to win the cup this year or probably or next. So I think the value is in bringing those people along. Right? I think that's where the value lies right now with him. And it's just as important as a team, like you said, like the Oilers that are going for the cup. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So now there is a time and a place. And I just think that that's the time and, and, and the place. I, and I do like him as a player. But I hear, you know, what have you heard about him when you even when you see him interviewed? I heard he's a good teammate. Mm-hmm. Right. So. If he's in the room, he's probably not only to the D, like probably to that whole team. Yeah, he's really a voice, you know. To, to, to he he's going to lend an ear to a lot of players for a lot of different reasons, right? So, I like what you said, and uh, but I would probably towards the end of his tenure look, and I think they can get something good for him if he stays healthy. Yeah, like and the one guy when you, when you talked earlier about a depth defenseman, the guy who who fits it to me very well for Edmonton because he checks a lot of boxes. He's been on a Stanley Cup contending team. He played. He, he's a guy I think that would come in. He would obviously be competitive and want ice time, but he would also knows how to be a good soldier if he's not in the lineup. And uh, Minnesota, this, you know, the next eight days for the Wild, uh, they're currently six back of Nashville. Got a huge game against the Preds. Um, if they lose that game, let's say, I think Zach Bogosian, who looks like it's coming back to the lineup tonight for Minnesota, he he's one of the perfect options for Edmonton as far as a veteran depth defender who knows how to defend. He could probably sit out three weeks, TR, and he could come in, and he's not going to be nervous in the moment. He's not going to be like, oh, my God, we're in the playoffs here. He'd be able to come in and play quite well for you. And, you know, the cost I don't think would be very much. And he's done that before. That's good. Yes. Okay, I was trying to think today. I was trying to think of players that might sneak under the radar, like, I don't know what people are talking about. Tanev was the big news for a while, and you hear Hannafin. But for me, like guys like Edmondson are out yeah. there. They, they've played for a while. Adam Henrique, I don't know what people are talking about. Oh, him. yeah. But He's expensive, those, but they, yeah. Okay, right? So those are – but I forgot Bogosian was out there, and I believe um, – well, no, I believe. I remember uh, on the on the last Stanley Cup run he went on, played, played fantastic. That's what I'm talking about, though. That guy – and he's proven that he plays – Gritty in the playoffs. I would. I don't think of him to beat people up or anything, but he just seems to adapt when the playoffs comes and he plays well. And, and that's what I mean, like that kind of a player. When and there's there's so much value in that, and you you can't in my mind you can't get enough defense. A team like Edmonton are going to score goals. I don't care if it's the playoffs, exhibition, regular season, or Canada Cup. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's very true. Now, um, 
Adam Henrique, uh, Frank Cervalli tweeted out that uh, what the Ducks are asking for is a second rounder, a third rounder, and then if they retain salary, which would be quite a bit, they want another third rounder for that. So it's two thirds and a second for Adam Henrique, and then uh, obviously the Ducks retain half. Now that's you know that came out publicly. Who knows if that's what the end trade will be? But you know, you, sometimes teams like to put things out there a little bit just so everybody knows. Okay, this is the asking price or whatever. Is it too high? Is it too low? We'll see. Um, you know, I look at Edmonton and, you know, you talked about a depth. Like, I think Edmonton actually, at the end of the day, is going to end up adding at least two players and possibly three. Um, that they do have two million in cap space just to start with. Then, uh, you know what? I, I think they could move out. Like, you bring in a million dollar player, there's some guys they could move out in that deal to make it work. They, like William Lagason in the past, Sam Gagne actually, they did it with Athanasiu, uh, under Ken Holland. So he's done it twice already. I won't be surprised if he does it again. Um, but Adam Henrique, you look, you, they've got Ryan McLeod. Um, do you think Adam Henrique TR at this stage, like, could he be a second line center if you wanted to load up and keep Drysidle with, um, with Hyman and, and uh, McDavid and then play Nugent Hopkins, Kane and Henrique potentially. Do you think there's, does that work in your eyes or is Henrique then better yeah. as, as a third line guy? No, no, I like it. I do like it. I think he could do it. That's why when I look today at teams that were failing, I guess, or not planning to win this year, that's why he stuck out. I think he could, I think he could play in the top six or bottom six. And I think he's, he'll help in the playoffs. And well, who did you say to Nugent Hopkins and Kane? And, yeah. And Kane, yeah, yeah. I mean, on the surface, that sounds sounds good. Sounds great. Yeah, yeah. I, I, what they're asking seems like a little much with that extra pick, but I don't know. Like it's supply and demand, and what? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, they'll, they'll probably get it. You know, teams are going for it. This to to me, if I'm the Oilers, as everybody knows, I mean, they're the team I picked at the beginning of the year before I knew I was going to be on this show or anything else. I had them last summer. And I, as did a lot of people, I'm not bragging and looking for a pat on the back for saying that. I just mean when you're one of the top teams, I think go for it. Go for it. Sometimes people do that. I don't know. Obvious, An obvious example is the leaps in recent years. Well, I don't know what they trade. That year they had Felino. I didn't. They, I don't think anybody thought they were going to win, and they traded, I think, maybe a first rounder. Yeah. Or maybe. And, and, you know, it was just the, the timing. It just didn't look good. Then You know, maybe they'll win around. But um, we, we now – but that was the leaps then. This is a total different conversation this year for both teams. But if I'm the Oilers, I think about it because I'm thinking win soon and win now. And uh, they had a terrible start. But if nothing else, that streak that they went on and ever since, even when they play bad, they don't play terrible. I don't know. My money's still on them, and I think they should go for it. 322. Uh, we'll return with uh, TR's Tales next here on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Sandstorm, sick song, man. Love it. Could you imagine TR in the dance floor, this cowboy boots on for this one? Oh, just slip sliding away out there. Ooh, the old snake skins just all over the, uh, the dance floor, Jason Greger. Slip sliding away, by the way, is a Paul Simon song. <laughs> oh. Now, I didn't hear that lead in, but I wish I did because, oh. yeah, I love Oh. I love my boots and I love my country music. Oh no, it wasn't country. It's uh, it's Sandstorm. Have you heard? Do you know the Sandstorm? Oh, song? of course, the warm up too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Come on, man. It's on my first on the dressing room plays playlist. Oh Sandstorm yeah, yeah. Did you ever? Were, were you a? Did you run the music ever on a team in the yeah. room? Often. Always with a capital A. Always. Always. Really? So what, like, so would you go around the room and ask for guys' opinions, or would you say, no, 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 I know what I'm doing. I'll play what I want. How did it go? Way back when starting with Tri Cities, yeah. I used to uh, 
you know, I, I knew what it, yeah, I wouldn't play only what I wanted or I wouldn't have lasted. This right. isn't me like putting my foot down. Yeah. Because I always had a lot of albums. Even then I used to go, I used to take my CDs. I had over a thousand CDs and those 60, and I wouldn't put them in the books because I didn't want to lose the, the, uh, the, the plastic jacket, if that's what you want to call yeah. it, the plastic, whatever it is, holder. So I'd put them in, like there was 60 slots in each. I'd get them at Sam the Record Man or HMV and I'd just buy those when it, so I'd take, I, I had, Oh God, at least 30 of them that I would take with me every yeah. year. This is how much I took it serious. And I would take off some tapes and then there was ways to burn mixed CDs. It was just starting in the late nineties. So I would do that. Everybody would have input, but I think most of the time there's probably people listening to this going, no, I didn't have look most of the time. And I would, I, I had, I think people just let it go because I had such a huge music collection. Yeah. And we would, it, we were kind of discovering as we were playing, right? Okay. So it was a little bit different than it would be now, just go in and flick all the songs on. And I would take, make mixtapes with other players. Okay. That we would, and we would play the cassette tape just because it was easy. Yeah. yeah. And it, it'd be like surprises coming for the boys and everything, right? Oh, like, yeah. So that was my thing in, in pro. And then um, even in, you know, ball hockey worlds and senior hockey and everything right up until now, I still take it just as serious. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, know. Cool I can see cool that. over there and all different, you know, everybody's in on it. Yeah, I like it. Um, let's get to uh, TR's Tales brought to you by Action Electrical. And uh, right now you can get a 10 year interest free loan up to $40,000 if you're looking to get uh, solar on your residence. Interest-free, baby. Everybody knows what the interest rates are. That's a lot of cake you could save. Go to actionelectrical.net, and they can uh, help you out. Let's get to uh, TR's Tales right now with Terry Ryan. Okay, so this, I'm watching hockey over the weekend, and I had a lot of thoughts. And it's so this is going to be a mishmash of thoughts. There okay. is a common denominator. All right. I think, I think at the end we'll mesh it together, and I know you'll have some input here. But anyway, so the first thing, Matt Rempe takes the – League by Matt is that his name Rempe yep. on the Rangers? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the big six foot eight, big getting in fights. Some people love it, some people hate it. But I had you know buddies as I do, and um, I was in St. John or Fort St. John. Went back and uh, get on with my hockey pool buddies back here, and a few of the boys are going. You know what I didn't like is that they were talking on the red line before, and you know that's such a 2024 thing. And I'm going, no, 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 no. That always happened. I'm not saying that people were making friends out there sometimes, yeah. I guess, but but I let the tough guys, of which I wasn't one, I fought them. I'm I'm saying I got in a lot of fights, but I was a middleweight that answered that bell sometimes. But the guys who really did it, that were real fighters, like I respected that, and they were policing it on their way, and I always trusted them, whether it was Mick Fakota, Dave Morissette, Jerry Fleming, um, uh, Junior, I don't know, Rob Butts, Ryan Brown. I'm trusting that they're going to police it the right way for us. They're good teammates, and usually it would work out like that. Very rarely would Mick Fakota grab, um, I don't know, S Scott Sullivan, yeah. you know, kick the crap out of him. Um, for those that don't know, that's a real big guy and a real small guy. Uh, so, and I'm like, no, actually, that always happened. Oh, and God, we, yeah. We you know, and, 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 and there's other, and so they were going, well, you know, Rempe, the way he gets in, he's, and he's got his jersey, and it looks a little bit bigger. I'm going, guys, people used to wear goalie cuts. Oh, God. People used to have leather straps and Vaseline on their face. Like, if I went into Philadelphia, five guys on their team were, were looking, and you were, and you knew they were going to go. And, they'd, and, and when you got to play with them and see what they did before games, they would put tough skin on their hands 
right? So, which was just really sticky. And so if you punch somebody, you know, and it, it would, the odds were they'd, they'd cut you, you know, the odds were better that they'd cut you. So all these little tactics and things have been going on. The game, for, for all the changes in the game, there's a lot of similarities. Now, there might not be as much fighting and as many guys who go out there and can't skate that do it, but we, we, we still have them in hockey. And for, so I got talking with the boys, and a lot of them were going, yeah, you know, and hockey was so much better back then. And I was going, okay. Now, again, I don't want to talk like I don't enjoy my era because I did. There's lots I love about my era and the era I grew up watching. Lots. Hello, Wayne Gretzky. You know, hello, Canada Cup. Mario Lemieux. Like, come on. There's all kinds of things that I get nostalgic about. But I think people around our age now, right? And there's a big, I think anybody like 35 plus, really, um, look back. And I think they romanticize it a bit because yeah. I was like, boys, okay. Did you also like the wood sticks, like for real? Because I tell you this, what I believe in this. The reason a, a, a lot of people have more time to work on their skills and stuff, we had to go like each stick I made took me an hour. Right? You, you, I, I had them all. I had even had my pattern come to me, coho or Canadian Bauer. I had three over the course of my career, and I, I remember before the game, like getting there early to shave down the top with a file and then heat up the, the blade and tweak it a little bit who am i going to play tonight in my own head like oh well you know this goalie this goalie goes down so i'm going to have more of a bend like probably didn't matter but it took me at least an hour before every single game to make sticks right was that good we didn't have any you know one thing that no one talks about remember once in minnesota a girl got the puck in the head and now we've got that mesh and i remember at the beginning going i hate that hockey's going to the dogs and now i'm like it makes total sense can you imagine and i don't even notice it at a game right (laughs) can you imagine getting a clapper in the temple right i mean come on not everybody is looking at the game all game either and i know don cherry used to get mad no you've got to be watching the game i know but there's times you look at your buddy for a second and if the puck might hit you in the skull it might kill you um i'm just saying pointing out things um you know, the, it, it, and if you go way back, right? I remember my skates being leather and putting them on and like wet skates. Oh, yes. And it took so long. And, and taking one, when you said that about the shot, I remember it really, the biggest thing that affected my hockey psyche was blocking. I would, I was fearless in every, I love, I took pride in it. And then I got one in the top of the foot and it broke it. And from that point on, Man, it changed my perspective. I would go out and like I was terrified. Terrified is the wrong word, but I was tentative. Yeah. I was tentative. Unless it was playoffs, I was making it look good. Okay, I'll go out. I'll put my stick there. I'll, oh, I just nearly got there. Right? I'm seeing someone like Surrey wind up. Yeah, oh. that's all I need now at the top of the skates with these leather skates on. Right? So, you know, some people bash the new protection. Yeah. I don't mind. Some of it's, you know, the shoulder pads, whatever I see it. I like the lighter one. But overall, we're well protected, and that's a good thing. And if you go back far enough, I remember going to games. Like people complaining now. Think about what each arena has to offer, each venue, all the options for food. I remember going to games in the 80s, okay, up the Mount Pearl Arena. Awesome. They had hot dogs. They had French fries. Cool. We all love the rink French fries. Okay, we do. I like them too. Come down, and there was a wave of smoke, right, because so many people were smoking during the game. Now, yeah. I look at – that's fun and nostalgic to me. I can tell the story. But nobody really wants that, do you? Yeah. Do you want to go in to a minor hockey rink watching ten-year-olds with the whole with smoke caked from the top of the glass up? I mean, again, 
it's fun for my memories because I grew up like it and yeah. it represents a different time and a more innocent time in my life and everything. But it wasn't good, right? Like, so I like how we're picky choosy with these things. If you go back even a bit further and, and, oh, there wouldn't be any women's hockey. Right. Women's yeah. hockey. I, I don't really know. I don't want to be ignorant, but I remember like coming on the national scene in maybe the late, maybe even the early 90s in my mind. And I remember the first tournament, they wore pink. We're girls. We're going to wear pink. Team Canada. And I remember them squashing that right away. I mean, trial and error, of course. But if I think back to 1983, I don't know any. So, I mean, that's half the population. So, you know, then um, you got. Uh, minor hockey coaches were way worse. Say what you want about Hockey Canada, but at some point they put in a system of checks and balances to these coaches, not just off the ice with the, you know, I don't just mean the off ice nonsense. I mean, actually on the ice. Like when I grew up, there was people up that were nice volunteers, but they wouldn't know a red line from a frying pan. Yeah. Right? And they were, they were coaching. Right. And there's I know it happens now, but a lot less. Oh, well, right? now, yeah. So, in order, if you want to coach in a level, you got to take all the court. Now, that doesn't mean that you necessarily remember, but at least you have to take the courses to show that you spent the time and something hopefully would uh, would resonate. And there is a lot of hockey associations that have coaching mentors, even. Um, I, I know there's practice plans available at Hockey Canada. I understand all that, but um, I've been to them. Some of them are good. The USA hockey ones are actually better. I hate to say it, but it's true. And I've taken a lot of those uh, online. There's some pretty good stuff. And they also have video to show you sometimes, which I find is a little bit easier. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you're right. Um, it's uh, definitely things change. Going to Rempe quickly. Um, like, I want to ask you as a fighter, because Struds and Brownie were talking about it, so I want to get your... Struddy feels like when you're six foot eight, there's no chance a guy who's six feet tall should be hitting you that clean as often as he did. And he says he's got to learn to fight taller to use his height to his advantage. What do you make of that? That's a good point. I remember fighting Peter Worrell, and I didn't know how to do it. I could never get in on him, and I like doing that too, but I could also get in if I had to. And remember that guy? He was like six Oh, six, dude, six, he was seven. massive. Yeah, and it was I, – I had Brad Brown on my pod today, and we both talked about it, and I'm going, he had such – but he would – like, Rempe's fighting you, and he's almost – like, if he's going to go toe-to-toe, his advantage is – so I would just hold you way out. Yes. But he, does, he doesn't hold you way out. If no. you're going to do that, do it to your advantage. You're 6'8", mm-hmm. not me. Yeah. So I, I, I agree with Struds. If you're, if you're doing it the right way – I hate to tell a guy who's playing right now and is good at it – because they say he leads with his chin. Look, I, I know he leaves himself out there, but he these aren't his only three fights. He's gotten here yeah. for a point. He got two years in the A and then the dub. He got in a few. I look like he, he, this isn't a guy who had no fights coming in like they made it out to be. Yeah. So he's been somewhat successful like that. But I think his success, like you often confuse success with like knockouts. I, I think... What he like he even Matt Martin like he he could be he's six foot eight he can beat but it looks so good and it was that game it's often my fights like they would be they would look great I might not win but the fans would go crazy <laughs> and there would be some level of momentum to the game itself I don't know about my team every time but right but whereas Dave Morissette would give you momentum because he'd go out and he'd one punch and you'd go down and no one <laughs> wanted to go at him yeah. I think Rempe if he keeps doing this he's a you don't want to be a tough guy that everybody wants to fight. Oh, right. very well now, said. Now that, you, that makes a lot of sense. Yes. Right. Now you're going to have to do that all the time. And guys like me are going to be chomping at the bit. 
Whereas I'm not chomping at the bit to fight Peter Worrell because he could just do it so well. I mean, I don't know what happened to him after, but he played so many. Oh, well, he played for a long time. Peter Worrell was in Florida, you know, played a long time. In yeah. yeah. Yeah, he did, right? And, and LaRock, to some degree, is not as tall, but same sort of thing. I fought George once in Freddie, and it was like, my God, this I, the way he's doing this, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I have all the spunk in the world, but I don't think I can ever beat him, right? Whereas no. I'd love a shot at Rempe because I beat him, I look good, and he's letting me in on his face. Now, I love everything else about it. Um, I don't even mind the style as a fan because you're, you know, you're going to put on a show every time. But I just, I, I don't think that can last as, as doing what he does, and he brings a lot. So I hope he figures it out. And I don't know. He made that hit that that got a lot Bastion. of attention. I thought that was Look, a clean hit. I don't think what else you could do. There, I, I, yeah. I think more more people than not do now as well. I mean, it was just a big guy hitting the smaller guy. Yeah. And with a, with a lot behind it, but you know, so there's some value there. And I look, I mean, he's got a goal he, and assist too, like in six games, yeah. right? He does. So you know, uh, you know, I, I really wish the best for him because in my mind, um, you know, yes, he's fighting. A lot of people are down on it, but the way he's doing it, he's certainly adding a lot of energy to a team that gets a lot of attention. And you know that to get back to what I said at first, and people are like, "Oh, you know, they're talking before the game." I, I don't know. I don't mind that he's out there. It's showing you that, like, when, was it Oliver Olivier? I forget that yeah. guy's name, but yeah. when, when you know he beat him pretty good. But now after that fight, a lot of non-hockey fans are watching it, right? That are that are new to the game, and they 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 actually saw that okay, there is a level of respect to this, yeah, right. It wasn't just another crazy fight with someone getting knocked out, and because that often gets lost, but nobody. That nobody in the hockey world or otherwise that saw those highlights and really dissected what happened in his first three games, like I don't think is waylaid to the point that, you know, there's a level of respect here. And these guys don't hate each other. Oh, I see it's part of the game. The refs let it happen. And then they tell, okay, I see, right? There's at least a little snippet into what it's the, 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 the culture of it. And especially the interviews after these guys aren't there hating each other. They're not calling each other out. They're going, Hey, it was a good fight. I respect them. Maybe next time. And I love that about hockey. And that separates us as much as the fighting itself. It's great stuff. That's uh Ryan's rant brought to you by action electrical. Uh, when we come back, a new season is upon us Let the excitement and Oh my goodness, the drama begin. Next on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 3.47 as we roll through a lovely Thursday afternoon. How are you? Hope you're having a lovely day. Weekend's almost upon us. Nice. Well, there's a rare two days between games now. Uh, day off today. They'll practice tomorrow, then they'll uh, fly out quickly because they're into uh, Seattle for a matinee game on Saturday. And then right back to Edmonton. To uh, take on Pittsburgh on Sunday night before they head out on the road for a four-game road trip, which will, of course, be, uh, well, you know, one, uh, I guess you got to pack different. Like, if you're one of the players, it's like, well, geez, am I, maybe I'm getting moved out, right? Like, there's some guys that, that'll be a rather uncomfortable trip, I would think, for for some players who potentially could see themselves uh, getting moved to another team uh, to uh, to make the cap space work. So, we'll see how it goes. Uh, let's get to the racing report now, brought to you by Can Torque. Of course, they got the new website. They got the Nut Runners. They got everything, a machine shop coming. They got it all at cantork.com as uh, Colin Livingston joins us as uh, F1 is back, Colin. But um, I guess fitting in a sense that uh, it returns and there's, um, you know what, uh, it seemed like the Christian Horner thing was done and then it got leaked out. Uh, what happened? Uh, what do you make of this? 
uh, it's a it's a bloody mess. Like they, I mean. Uh, I've been distracted here today. I'm down in Tucson. I'm running a go-kart race. You might hear some of the carts in the background, but um, everyone at the end of this investigation said that Horner had been cleared of any wrongdoing. You know, the matter was considered closed. And then somebody from within their organization today leaked their Google Drive with the WhatsApp messages, text messages, all the internal stuff um, that people looked at and didn't you know chose not to make any judgments we still don't know what the contents are but the contents have been leaked to hundreds of reporters every team principal and the fia so at this point while the you know the powers that be said that they they conducted a transparent investigation and that horner did did nothing wrong there's obviously more to the story that nobody spoke about and you know everyone's going to find out what it is now that all these reporters have access because they're not they're not bound by confidentiality so somebody obviously knew that there was way more to this story and didn't didn't like that that horner was getting away scot-free yeah no i think that's a very fair way to put it and i'll be curious to see uh because you know that it's going to come out there's no question about it that 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 stuff will be out Uh, i actually just google it right now to see and they're not out yet but i'm sure it's coming so uh we'll see how that works yeah and and you don't release this stuff if there's nothing there like you wouldn't go through risking your job risking your career risking you know whatever the 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 retribution is going to be to just say that there's nothing. So, you know, obviously we're, we're going to hear about some, some big stuff and there's, there's really going to be no, no reason for anyone to, you know, not release it at this point. So now, uh, that wasn't the only, you know, Red Bull all around the, uh, the drama helmet, Marco, uh, I, I want to read the quote just so everybody gets it, uh, in full quote, the second Red Bull seat is an ejector seat. No teammate can hold a candle to max. And it can quickly become demoralizing, is what he said. You basically say, hey, you know what? We have the best driver in the world. No one else is close. It's a dejector seat. Uh, obviously, basically telling everybody that they're going to get a new driver at the end of this. You know, the Checo uh, Sergio Perez will not be there uh, after the end of this season, which isn't a surprise. But uh, so what do you make of that? And then I guess the follow-up that he says uh, uh, signs is unlikely to rejoin them in 2025. Well, yeah, signs. signs we already know was out at Ferrari. Uh, we just we don't know where he's going to go, but Marco had already made a comment that it's unlikely that Signs will come back. Which the indication, if you read into it, is that Signs has likely done a deal with somebody else. He just hasn't announced it yet, and the other team hasn't announced it. So they likely tried or made an attempt. Signs said, "Listen, I'm going to be driving for X Y Z," and um, and that was it. But you know, Mr. Marco, Doctor Marco is no stranger from, you know, opening his mouth before engaging his brain. Um, you know, he's made, a, you know, he's made racist comments in the past. He's made some, some very pointed, um, you know, comments. There's obviously, there's a lot of politics that goes into play with all of these things. And the absolute, you know, uh, number one thing in Helmut Marco's world is Max Verstappen. So everything in, in, his delivery, all the things he talks about is either to get in somebody else's head so that they're not as focused on Max or to pump Max up so that, you know, um, he's not better standing within the team. That's the whole thing that Marco's doing. Um, saying that your second seat, no matter who we sign, isn't going to hold a candle to Max is 
you know, again, not not a really bright thing to say, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially as people are trying to campaign for that seat. Like, you know, if you've got, you know, like a guy like Sergio Perez, for example, he did come with some money. He had sponsors behind him. He had, you know, private um you know, investors that necessarily like, didn't necessarily show up on the car, but they're still associated with them. So when you hear this kind of stuff and say, like, no matter what you do, you're going to be a number two guy. Um, you know, we're not even going to really put in the same effort. We're not going to really give you the same car. It doesn't. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast matter if we give you a better car you can't beat this guy um you know again it's not like a lot of people everybody's going to want that seat mm-hmm. because of the you know the security that comes with it but you know it's just the latest in the string of um you know uh, not not necessarily you know great for max that he's got someone like that in this corner but does he really need him i mean the guy won uh, all but two races last year now so with with Marco suggesting signs won't come to him, do you think that means that either Red Bull already has someone else signed, or that signs has agreed to somebody and it's just not public yet? No, signs is signs is likely um, got a got an agreement to oh, go okay. somewhere else. Oh, okay. Any guesses where? Uh no. Um, he's got you know his history was with um, you know previously with McLaren. Uh, before that, he was you know he was really uh, in the Red Bull family as a Toro Rosso driver. Um, I'm not sure where his where his style really fits the best. I mean, you know, if you if you really unfold it, um, you know, there might be a play for Alonso to join Mercedes which might mean that there could be, you know, a high-paid seat to be Lance Stroll's teammate and, you know, his next driver coach over at uh, Aston Martin, but no no idea. Okay. Um, now, uh, Bahrain, uh, what are you expecting this weekend in F1? Like, uh, is anybody going to be close to you? Do you have any, do you have any guesses on what's going to happen? Um, no, because, like, the this morning's practice – 
Mercedes was at the top of the charts. Like Danny Ricardo was at the top of the charts after FP1. Mercedes was at the top of the charts after FP2. Verstappen was sixth. So, you know, they're maybe further behind than what, what people really thought. Or maybe, you know, they just tried something crazy and just didn't get it to work through the practice sessions. But I have no guesses. I mean, we're going to find out a little bit more tomorrow. Um, just watch my buddy Rob Pazakowski just about drive off the track here at turn one. It's nice to see that he's still pushing. Um, but tomorrow's going to be qualifying trim. So they're going to really start to extract everything. They did qualifying sims today, but tomorrow's where it counts. Um, and that's where we're, you know, again, we keep talking about seeing the full, the true potential of these cars. That's where it's really going to start to unfold. I mean, obviously, as as the series moves on from Bahrain, which is a proper, you know, road course to next weekend in Saudi Arabia, which is really a street circuit, going to be a totally different animal. But, um, yeah, interesting that, that, you know, Red Bull, who could do no wrong last year, um, not necessarily, I mean, way, way, way too early. Nothing counts yet. But, um, you know, maybe maybe there's some, some signs of life that we might have a season here. Well, that would be great. I always wonder, though, about like the first weekend, you know, you say, hey, they're always trying to hide stuff. Uh, could they just be playing games? Uh, it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't necessarily uh, shock me, I guess, Colin, to uh, if if all of a sudden we're like, hey, what's uh, you know, we, we come out and on the race and all of a sudden uh, Verstappen is eight seconds ahead of everybody else. And it's like this isn't really even a race. Um, I know you're in Tucson. I can hear the carts in the in the background. What are you racing at this weekend? So this weekend is round two. I had to miss round one uh, a couple weeks ago, but round two of what's called the Challenge of the Americas. Uh, so we're racing here in uh, Tucson at the uh, Muscleman Honda Circuit. Uh, great, great track. I mean, fast is like very, very fast. Uh, there's almost no slow speed corner on this thing. So I'm after being out of the cart for you know five or six months. My my 50 year old body is, is is really really beat up today. Um, you know, we've been on. I've been on track four times. Um, thankful that we get to do this radio thing, so I have to. You know, I have to force myself to take a break. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I don't. I don't have any uh, aspiration of, of uh, you know, competing with these guys. But uh, you know, I, I was a lot closer after day one than what I thought. I mean, I might be able to put something together to to kind of stay in these guys' draft. But. Uh, yeah, more than anything, just hoping to knock off some rust and, uh, you know, working with a really good team here who, uh, you know, they've already taught me a ton. So, yeah, just enjoying the sun. There's no snow. It's like 20, I don't know, 22 degrees or something like that. Perfect day for racing. Sounds like it's uh, good. I'm in, uh, I'm in, uh, I tried to, I joined a league with my buddies for uh, F1 Fantasy. So I'm going to have to uh, bone up even more to, uh, I, I really like the chirps more than anything else, but um uh, that's why I'm watching the practice a little bit closer this time to uh, to see, uh, you know, who's going to be good or not. So uh, we'll find out. Uh, try to remove emotion from it from the guys I hate. I'm like, I'm just not sure I can play a guy that I don't like. That's going to be the problem. So see how it goes. Well, the big thing for everyone watching this weekend is that, um, you know, qualifying tomorrow. Normally it's on Saturday. The race is going to be on Saturday yes. morning. Um, so the, the, there's a whole reason, um, you know, because of the, the timing of Ramadan, um, they wanted to um, have the, it's basically the start of Ramadan would have affected next week's race. Um, 
so they backed everything up because they have to have seven days between races. Okay. So um, that's kind of why it's you know starting a little bit squirrely here. Um, but yeah, for anybody who's who's new or just um, you know is expecting to watch on Sunday, uh, don't be disappointed. Everything happens tomorrow. Yeah, so practice and qualifying tomorrow, and then the race on Saturday. All right, buddy. Thanks for this. Uh, enjoy racing. We'll see you in studio next week. Looking forward to it, man. There you go. That is. Uh... Colin Livingston in the Racing Report brought to you by Can Torque uh, 358. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk. Hey, how about Zach Hyman? Zach Hyman, 40 goals. And we, we had this question Is Zach Hyman the best free agent signing in the salary cap era? Um, I don't think he's the best because I think that's Sedano Char. It's, it's hard to be, you know, a number one defenseman. Your team ended up winning a cup and he was a main, main part of it. Um, but Zach Hyman is definitely, right, you know, he's going to put himself in the running. For best free agent signing forward, no question. Also, he needs 10 more goals. And I was doing research. So for fun, do you think you can name the only other player who was signed as a free agent who then scored 50 goals with his new team? Had never scored 50 prior. I think there's one other. 833 401 1440. Let's get to uh, Con Man. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust Oleum's new Custom Spray 5 in 1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.